0: This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 189 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, fourth annual Horse Husbands episode. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Equestrian collections for all of your equestrian shopping needs, equity manufacturing, home of the shaken fork, and Kentucky Performance Products, scientifically proven supplements. Find them all at stablescoop.com.
1: Bringing the news through hell, hot water while using their tails as their own fly swatters. So sit on down and laugh till your poop Cause It's time again for Stable school.
0: Stable Scoop. Stable school Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. I am Glenn Geek, America's Horse Husband, and you're listening to the 4th Annual Horse Husbands episode on the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Well, this is the 4th Annual Horse Husbands episode. It's the time when I get to kick Helena out and say, you're out of here. You're not on this show. We don't want any women around. This is the time when I get some of my friends together, and we sit around and talk about being a horse husband, what that's like. We gripe and complain, and we talk about the pitfalls, but you know what? We also talk about the good things. Uh, about being a horse husband. Between us today, I'm going to introduce my guests here very shortly. Between us today, we have 50 years of marriage to horse wives. So I think we we know what we're talking about a little bit in this department. And then we have somebody who is newly engaged to a horse woman and is not married yet. So a little twist on this year's Horse Husbands episode. And I'm going to introduce my guests first before we get to the annual reading of the Horse Husbands Lament my first guest is returning from last year we have rick bergeron of baton rouge louisiana my cajun friend and a wonderful cajun cook good evening rick
3: como se va glenn how are you <laughs> i'm doing wonderful this afternoon and yourself
0: good now rick's uh, on uh he's not on vacation he's actually at a conference in washington dc so he's away from the horse right now are you enjoying that rick
3: Absolutely. Uh, DC <laughs> happens to be gorgeous right now, 75 degrees. The uh, cherry blossoms are, or the cherry trees are in blossom, and uh, the wife cannot reach me the long distance with the lunge whip at the moment.
0: Oh, good, good. That's always good. Now, how long have you been married to Michelle? Uh Michelle and I have been married eighteen years now. Now Michelle is a Wright Lead Equestrian Center and you can find them at WrightLead.com. I still can't believe you got that domain name. That was, that was a that was a good one. <laughs>
3: it it was almost stolen from us a couple of times. We had to fight for it. Yeah, I bet it
0: I bet. <laughs> well uh so she is an inventor, right? And works That's with correct. Pony Club and that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, we
3: have a we have a farm in St. Gabriel, Louisiana, which is near Baton Rouge and uh we board horses and teach riding lessons and Michelle Rigie Venning and some dressage and a few other different things um she's actually nora certified for handicap instruction she's a um certified side saddle instructor and also judge, so we kind of have a Pretty eclectic mix and good background. Uh, She's just really good at at the foundation of natural horsemanship.
0: Michelle actually was a guest on our shows early on, way back in Stable Scoop, and we got to be friends with Rick and Michelle and now i have gotten to know know them quite well. They stayed with us for the World Equestrian Games there for a week. Uh, I'll tell a story later about what Rick and I did at the World Equestrian Games one (laughs) afternoon. We'll talk about that later after I introduce everybody else. For the audience's benefit, Rick will be the one with the southern accent. Yeah. He'll be the only one with the southern accent. Now, were you a horse person before you met Michelle, or did you marry into this thing?
3: I absolutely married into it. About the closest thing I had been uh, to a horse before I got married is probably a carousel affair.
0: Okay, good. All right, good. So that sets the stage there. Next up is a new person to the Horse Husbands episode, and that's Joseph Berto, president of EquityMFG.com, one of our great sponsors. Good evening, Joseph.
1: Good evening, Glenn.
0: Now, Joseph's from all the way from the West Coast, so he'll be the one with the West Coast accent. We got all parts of the country covered here today. Um, now, Joseph, how long have you been married? Is it Diane?
1: Yeah, I've been married, it'll be 15 years this May, to my beautiful bride, Diane.
0: And were you a, horse, a horsey guy? No.
1: Um, I grew up with a mother who was deeply into horses. In fact, she's still doing venting uh, to this day, and she's in her late 70s and still Is can that ride 50 right? miles. Yeah, so, so I've been around horses for a long time. And I guess I'd sort of forgotten just how much work they were because as kids, before we could ride, you know, we had to go out and do chores. And when that stopped being fun, that's when I went off and didn't get into horses anymore.
0: So when you were a teenager, you had dumped the horse thing and said, it's all yours, Mom, I'm out of here?
1: Absolutely. Uh, long before that, probably by the time I was 9 or 10 years old, I realized that the, the reward-to-return ratio wasn't in my favor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, if we had all known that if at that age we would have joined Pony Club, we would have been the happiest teenagers in history.
1: <laughs> I I can't tell you how many times I thought of if I would have known more about horses and the way that they worked with women. I, I went to high school with my wife, and had I known that, I might have had a little in a little bit sooner. Yeah.
0: Yeah, boy, I would have – that's one regret I have. I would have definitely got into the horse thing at Pony Club for sure because there's so few guys – for those that don't know, there are just so few guys in Pony Club and the girls fawn over the ones that are there. You, you just oh, – anyway, um, going on, you've been married 15 years. Now, you are uh, – you, you're an inventor, an inventor, I rather wanted to say. I have a venting on the brain now. And you, after you got married, got really into horses. You, you were the one that dove in.
1: I, I did, and it was, it, was, it was a natural progression of, of my wife. It, it's just it's hard to describe when you become a horse husband. And I had never heard the term horse husband before listening to your show, and so I'm <laughs> not the original, but I can definitely say I'm a high-quality copy. <laughs>
0: It's only one America's Horse Husband, Joseph. I got yeah, that title. Yeah, my, my wife's been
1: – she's been crazy, horse crazy as long as I can remember. And once you're married to someone who's involved with horses, it's kind of natural to find out why. But in my case, the learning became accelerated because together we purchased a ranch in southern Oregon, which I thought would be fun. But, you know, that that was misguided and then i was watching watching her riding and then she got me hooked and you know off we went from there
0: yeah and you're, you you you've became a serious rider then you actually went to europe and trained and and you 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 took it a little further than the rest of us have
1: yeah there was it was just a period in my life where where there was room for something and and i admired what my wife was doing and she was into andalusian horses and the Andalusians kind of seemed to speak a little bit different language than, than Quarter Horse, and I went to where all that started and, and really wound up having that, that I, I'm going to say almost spiritual connection to a horse that has never left me and, and caused me to uh, have quite a change of life.
0: Well, we'll get into that a little bit later, too, because I want to find out from you what your wife's reaction was when you got in that deep, because sometimes, sometimes it's not always what you expect, but we'll get into that a little bit later. So, Joseph, you're from Oregon, right? I am from Southern Oregon. Yeah. Okay. So we got the West Coast covered. We got the South covered. Now we're going to go to the Northeast, and we're going to meet somebody who's not a horse husband yet. He's a future horse (laughs) husband. He's engaged to his uh, her his. They just got engaged to his fiance, and that's Roger Deemers. Is it Deemers, right? That's correct. Yeah, and Roger, we met you because you wrote an article about six months into. About six months into your meeting, Katie Murphy of Murphy Eventing, another eventer, and you wrote this article for what? What was it for again?
4: Well, if I remember correctly, and of course I can't think of the name of the – of the magazine, but it, it was like for venting Nation, perhaps, or somewhere along those lines, yeah. but I think Katie had suggested that I maybe write something like this because of all the things I was going through, and it was, you know, uh, a really funny experience, because she knew what I was getting into as I was getting to know her, and we were getting serious, but of course I had no idea, and, uh... You know uh, the longer we stayed together, the more I realized you know what uh being a horse husband or a horse boyfriend at the time was was w- what it really uh involved, and so she wanted me to start writing down some of the the experiences that I had, you know some of the things that make us a
0: little different than regular uh regular couples <laughs> regular couples. I like how you said that um, yeah, now, now Roger, were you into horses at all before?
4: no, in fact um uh, until meeting Katie and, and meeting her horses, I had never seen a real horse in person, although I worked at a grain store uh, that happened to sponsor her for her riding. And so I knew all about horse breeding and horse products, but, of course, knew nothing about actual horses.
0: That's funny. That's funny. So you were yeah. true. This was truly new to you. I mean, cleaning oh, a yeah. stall for the first time was was really the first time. That's right. Yeah, okay, good. Well, that's good, because that gives us a basis to go on. And you're kind of geeky, too, right? You're kind of a geek. Oh, yes. Yeah, I thought so. Very much so. Yeah, you're a computer guy, right? Indeed. Yeah, okay. And, and then, uh, Rick, too, you're, you're, you're in a, you work at a laboratory. You're an environmental manager, so you really didn't have anything. It was not an outdoor job.
3: Oh, no, not absolutely, and I was doing several different things before I became environmental manager, but I had nothing that was outdoors other than... The typical southern hunting and fishing but uh, not on any caliber of owning a farm or raising animals or anything like that
0: oh this is a good group this year okay so we got a terrific group here what we're going to do is we're going to take a short break from one of our sponsors and then we're going to come back for the annual reading of the horse husband's lament it's become a tradition on the annual horse husband's episode it's sort of like i don't know if you guys ever watched red green did you ever watch that show the red green show
4: everything Oh, never even heard of it.
0: Oh, really? Well, it was on PBS, and it, it was take took place. It was a comedy, and it was in, they took place in a lodge, and they had this uh, they had this oath they had to do every time they had a lodge meeting. Well, horse husband's horse husband's lament is our oath here for this for this particular episode. So we'll get back to that right after this. You can count on Kentucky Performance Products to provide scientifically formulated, research proven products that target specific challenges facing your horse. In the spring and summertime, one of those challenges is the heat. Horses sweat, and when they do, they lose critical electrolytes, electrolytes that play a major role in optimal performance. Loss of electrolytes can cause fatigue, muscle weakness, and dehydration. Horses offered supplemental electrolytes have less stress-related problems. They rebound from exercises sooner and return to feed quicker after exercise. Summer Games electrolytes from Kentucky Performance Products were developed for the elite athletes competing at the 1996 Atlanta Olympics. Its research-proven formula replaces the electrolytes and trace minerals lost when horses sweat. Its concentrated low-sugar formula provides more electrolytes per dose than many leading brands. When your horse sweats, replenish his losses with Summer Games electrolytes. Brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. Helping you keep your horses healthy, sound, and competitive. Visit them at kppusa.com. That's kppusa.com. And we're back, and we are doing the annual Horse Husbands episode. Now you've met all of the Horse Husbands and future Horse Husbands here. It's time to do the Horse Husband's Lament, if I can get it out tonight. Uh, It's been my fourth show I'm recording today, so I, I hope I can get through this. It's called A Horse Husband's Lament, and it is the story of our lives. And here it goes. My wife, she has a quarter horse, or fill in any other breed, with flaxen mane and tail. She thinks he is the finest thing that ever jogged a rail. She calls him daddy, dandy darling, and if truth I tell, that fancy pampered quarter horse has made my life pure hell. My wife, she used to cook for me and serve it with champagne. Now she'd rather feed that horse and fix his special grain. She rides him every morning and grooms him half the night. The last time that she kissed me, it was just to be polite. He dresses better than I do with matching wraps and ties. My wardrobe's so neglected now that I attract the flies. One day my wife was shopping. She was down at the mall. And fancied pampered dandy was just standing in his stall. He looked so smug and sassy that I began to grin. I'd saddle that fat sucker and take him for a spin. I wondered since if clues I gave he might have misconstrued. For when I climbed aboard that horse, he rightly came unglued. He bucked and spun and snorted fire and threw me through a fence. I saw big stars, and there are six teeth that I ain't heard from since my wife came home and saw me just lying in the dirt she rushed up to her horse and asked him sweetheart are you hurt she scratched his little nose a bit and if memory galls me yet she left me lying in the mud and ran to call the vet And that's the horse husband's lament, and pretty much describes our entire life at this point. And and I would say after honeymoon, after about a year, this all becomes true. They care about yeah, you. Never for the truer first... words. <laughs> <laughs> they care about you for the first year, and then the honeymoon's over, and they're back to the horses, and it's that newness of being married is over. So let's start with Rick because you said you have put together a list for us that would help us guide. Roger, through the evening, and, and hopefully by the end of the night, our goal is that uh, he breaks up and never dates a horsewoman again. No, that's not really our goal.
3: I... I'm not going to be responsible for that. <laughs> Sorry, Katie. But following, uh, when I got your call the other night about being on the show, I started thinking about uh, what to come up with and what to do. Uh, so I sort of came up, uh, you heard, uh, obviously, Jeff Foxworthy, and you know, you know you're no... Uh, the whole thing about you know you're a redneck when well you've heard several reiterations of that on radio and some on the internet about uh you know you're a horse person when took a twist on that and said you know you're a horse husband when and so i came up with uh, several of these we'll see how far down this list we can actually get maybe we can talk about a couple of them as we go through uh the first one is you know you're a horse husband when your vacations consist of horse shows, horse demonstrations, horse clinics, etc. Uh, <laughs> just be prepared for that. You will never, Roger, have another regular vacation
0: in your life. That's, pro- that's pro- I think that's already happened the Roger, hasn't it? Oh,
4: yeah. This has been going on now for the last year and a half. That's the way it's been. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, I got to tell you, though, that uh, after a while, I figured that one out. And probably about five years in, I said to Jennifer, I said, look, we live horses, we breathe horses. By that time we had a big horse farm with 25 boarders and it, it, I said, "We are going on vacations and there I don't even want to see a horse, I don't want to talk about a horse. We're not doing horses on vacation ever again." And I actually convinced her of that. And the reason I the way I got away with it was I said, "She loved Disney. She loved Disney and I said, "Let's go to Disney World." We went to Disney World every year 10 years in a row and I learned to love Disney World too, but I loved it because it didn't involve horses at all. <laughs> And that's the reason we become huge Disney fans. And that's one of the reasons we're moving to Florida here this week is because we love Disney and we'll live closer to it. And I know there's no horses except that big fat that big fat draft horse that takes the thing down Main Street. That's it. Oh, that's all now, that's there. But you careful, know,
1: baby.
3: There's, there's horses very close by. My wife yeah. actually spent close to a six-month stint down there at Grand Cypress.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah, right on the back gates.
0: (laughs) But it took (laughs) you 10
1: years to get to that point, Glenn.
0: Yeah, that's true. That (laughs) is true.
1: He's a newlywed, and and I can definitely remember it, and still even to this day, if there isn't some sort of a connection with the horses and the other animals that are here at the ranch, it's going to be a pretty uncomfortable vacation.
0: Well, you know what starts to happen? You guys know this, too. Anybody that's been, Roger, you've gotten a hint of this. They're great for the first two or three days because they're enjoying the break, and they're sort of relaxing, and it's... It's nice and all of that and after about the third day they start thinking about what's going on at home and then they're calling and then they're calling once a day and then by the fifth day they're calling five times a day and the poor sucker taking care of the barn at home must get really sick of that (laughs) and then by the sixth day you're just ready to take them home because they're driving you nuts Am
1: I wrong? Heaven forbid going to somewhere where you have a, a, a horse vacation together and the horses aren't being well taken care oh, of. Yes, oh,
0: you're geez. right. You're absolutely
1: <laughs> for, Oh, yeah. Forget about that.
0: <laughs> you're absolutely right. That's a good one, Rick. <laughs> All right, We've got another one for you. You know you're
3: a horse husband when your wife says woe when she wants you to stop and clucks when she wants you to go, and you know what that means. <laughs> A little bit of side pressure, a little bit of use of the leg (laughs) to move you to the side.
0: Now, on the other side of that, not to get dirty here, but on the other side of that, that, if you flip it around, is also one of the positives of being married to a horse girl. And that's all I think we need to say on that topic, and we'll go over.
1: Oh, I, now, i, I, I got to take exception with this a little bit, because you know those wonderful Sunday mornings when you wake up together, and I know that Roger's going to get this. You're feeling a little amorous, and just about the time you're thinking about horses, a little caress and tickle, you hear those infamous words... Honey, I got to go feed. feed. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Your life is now ruled by an unseen clock, but that that clock is going to be set in stone like nothing <laughs> you've ever done.
0: And you yeah. can't feed the, they can do they can show up late for you to do anything you have planned, but to feed the horses they are never late.
1: Oh, no, no, no. You, you you, you, wouldn't think that extra 15 minutes wouldn't matter, but but you'd be wrong, except for when the time changes. And then, ironically, you, they don't get fed at 7 o'clock. They get fed, well, it's still 7 o'clock, but it's actually 8 o'clock, but that doesn't matter.
0: That's true. So that is there, true. there is that time, you know? That's true. <laughs> Roger, you know, in type fact, in anytime. any time.
1: <laughs> I was
4: going to say, uh, early on, that's one of the first things that I learned with Katie is that She said, you know, there's only two things that you can't be late for, and that's if our parents invite us to dinner or if we're going to be leaving for an event. And there's a few times where I've either slept in or had some issues and Those are the few times we've had major issues in our relationship is when I'm usually late to leave for an event or, uh, you know, and showing up late to have dinner with her family. But uh, those are one of the first early lessons that I learned.
1: So you're getting round penned already is what it sounds like (laughs) to me. That's right.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Has she got the lunge whip out yet? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pretty soon,
3: pretty soon you'll get this one too. The wife walks into the room wearing nothing but a single pair of breeches, or maybe a pair of new boots, and says, "How do these look?" And you know better than to say the first thing on your mind.
0: <laughs> okay, but that also—I'm going to turn that one around a little bit. I'm trying to be somewhat positive here tonight. Uh, but, but guys, I'll tell you what—that's one of the things I absolutely loved about going to shows early on was the tight breeches because. That made it worthwhile early on. really did. Yeah.
1: Are you talking about on the women or on the guys there, Glenn? Well, no, 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 on the women, on the women.
0: I, you know, I haven't, I'm going to throw this out there, too, and I've said this before on the air, and I haven't gotten too many flaming letters. There are, there are not too many guys that look good in breeches. That's just something that shouldn't happen. Um, <laughs> yep, and I think there's a lot of women that would agree with that. I, I statement resemble too. that remark, <laughs> and I'm throwing you in there too, Joseph. I don't even know you.
1: And, and <laughs> that would matter because if you're—I I don't know, Roger—whether your wife is is uh, does the English discipline or uh, not. Or wife Western. Yeah,
0: fiance. Let's call her fiance because I'm sorry, fiance. They, she, yeah, yes. he, he, he hasn't made it yet. Well, he's inning, so she has to. Yeah.
1: So she's she's yeah. uh, does English, then she wears breeches. Yep. Oh yeah, it's in so, fact. Uh, she, she was one of the things she
4: did when i first started going to events and you know either i wasn't interested to go i had something goes, going on she would always say listen honey it's not that bad it's it's full of single women and married women that are running around in tight breaches it can't be that difficult
1: but do you so see yourself wearing do you see yourself wearing breeches one day or are you going to be um you know riding around western like rick there
3: Oh, no, I think I don't no. Ride, I'm don't not a western. I've, I've actually I've got a pair of breeches. I only wear them when I'm forced.
0: Yeah, and he doesn't look <laughs> good on them I'll either. i never wear a pair. <laughs> <laughs> Roger, if it's any consolation, I've never wore, I'm America's horse husband, own the horse radio network and I've never worn a pair of breeches either. <laughs> so I'm I'm with you on that. One.
3: But, I'll, but also let me tell you this, you know your horse husband when one of your original bachelor fantasies of being in a car full of girls Pretty girls is actually realized. However, you not you didn't really count on the smell in the car after a show in the middle of August.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> kind of the mood. I have nothing to add to that. You can go on. <laughs> okay, I'll keep going down the list. Yeah.
3: Uh, you know you're a horse husband when cleaning out the dryer's lint filter becomes a big chore because it's clogged with horse hair.
1: <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, Roger, it, before I got married to Diane, uh, we kind of went to a, a, a marriage counselor to, to make sure that, that we were compatible, <laughs> and they ask you a bunch of questions to help, help you through this. This is kind of along the line of the last question, but have you been to something like that? No,
4: we have not, actually.
1: You have not, the reason I ask is one of the questions, and this, this goes to, to what Rick was just talking about, is the division of chores. And, and you know how nice a freshly laundered towel feels or having clean socks? Um, yeah. You know, that's kind of a necessity in my book. But once you marry a horsewoman, something different happens. You suddenly find that, well, your britches might itch a little bit or the towel is sort of scratchy. And when you go to investigate, you'll find, well, hayseed in all the inappropriate places but this is a natural occurrence once fly masks and saddle pads get washed in the same washing machine as your intimates
0: oh you and, know what's worse <laughs> yeah. though is when they wash the horse blankets
1: horse blankets oh. yep oh, and, and that's just
3: the way it is and break yeah. the washing machine doing it
0: yes and 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 they don't care cuz you're going to get it fixed you know so it's all right but, but maybe i you i want to
1: take I, on the take on the the laundry chore you know
0: we're we have to talk about chores and who who does all those in the household, but you're right about the washer i what I do now is after she washes the saddle pads and all that stuff in there and it's and and you take the saddle pads out of the washer and you look inside and there's nothing but hair covering the inside of the washing machine. <laughs> oh <laughs> my Never
4: God I want to add something here because uh I'm kind of a neat freak, and I have been almost compulsively, and so I have one room in our house it's my room, and there's no animals allowed, and there's no hair but we always have this disagreement about the washing machine because exactly what you guys are saying, because hair gets everywhere and it takes weeks for it to get out no matter how well I clean it. And I've actually said we're in the process of uh, hopefully buying a farm here in the next handful of months. And Uh she's going to have her own washing machine and own dryer and a separate part for her horse laundry.
0: There you go. (laughs) That's a wise idea. What I've taken to do, though, to solve that problem is I run it empty with bleach. I run it on hot, empty with bleach. After she does that, and I don't put any wa- wash in it at all, and it tends to get all the hair out. So that's my trick, and you know I don't care if it wastes water. I don't want to hear. I don't want any emails. I don't care. It gets the <laughs> hair out. and It's not on my clothes. That's right. Yeah. Excellent.
1: <laughs> now, Roger, you were just you were just talking about you're buying a ranch together, and that that led me to another question, and and that was uh, the the marriage counselor asked you about your future house and, and uh, what you both envisioned, and, and what do you kind of envision, like a three-car garage or a nice shop or maybe a man cave for yourself? Is that your idea of a nice house?
4: <laughs> That's it. In fact, you know, we, uh, I'm laughing myself right now because we've had that conversation multiple times, you know, because we've uh, debated a little bit of what the main priorities are going to be. You know, I'd like the house to be in working order, make sure the roof is fixed, and, of course, we jokingly say, or she'll jokingly we say, well, yeah, of course, after the barn and all the paddocks are put in, of course. And, uh, yeah, so we have exactly the same issue.
1: You would think it would be a two-bath house with upscale appliances, but given a choice, most horsewoman's dream structure, it's an outdoor covered arena.
0: There you and get, so, there you go. <laughs> especially if when you live have a
1: choice, you'll be putting up a covered structure and living in a single wide, just like your uh, my wife and I.
3: <laughs> you can build an apartment above a barn, can't you? <laughs> yeah.
1: And forget about that nice manicured lawn out front. For a horsewoman, that's called a mini pasture. That's feed. <laughs> <indeed>. That's <laughs> right, a mud pit. That's right, exactly. So horse divots and brown pea spots, they're completely acceptable as long as their horse can have some sweet morsels of tender
0: grass. And i got to tell you, Roger, that never changes. We're moving into this place in Florida, and, and the inside of the house, the sweet old guy that, uh, that we're coming into it after, and he his wife died, and, and they had four daughters. So the bedrooms are bright pink, bright purple. I mean, he never changed them after that. And we need fencing outside to get the horse moved as quickly as possible, so we have to put up fence. So this is 25 years into marriage. We have to put up the fence. Guess what's coming first immediately when we move down there? It's not painting what's going to be my office that's bright pink. <laughs> it's putting up the fence. Never changes. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, Priorities. Yep, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's
4: right. But yeah, to answer your question, I do envision there, that we've had a little bit of bartering going on in this. And if she'd like to have a, a nice new four-stall barn with a full basement and plenty of space for hay, then I want at least a two-car garage with a little man cave upstairs for my computer hobbies and, and movie-watching hobbies.
0: Okay, well, Roger. Cross that one out. You're going to lose. <laughs> yeah,
4: and I'm laughing because that's exactly it. That's certainly not going to happen. Not for at least ten years, I'm sure. It's
0: no, the will. it's the single wide for you, Roger. Joseph is <laughs>
1: It sounds like your your fiancee she has she has several horses, is that right? two horses yeah two horses oh, yeah. and,
4: and, and, and uh, didn't I and just
1: hear two. that you're going to have four stalls
4: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes.
1: all right <laughs> so, and so prob- you you probably haven't been been aware yet of the empty <laughs> barn syndrome <Yep>. and <laughs> and and do do that's where horse exciting. the horse women feel this compulsive need to fill every stall with a horse oh yeah. So so if you build them a 10-stall barn, well, you're going
0: to have 10 horses. No, you they won't. See, come. that's where you're wrong, Joseph. You'll have 12. <laughs> 12! <laughs> yeah,
4: you have the lean you off the back that's of right. the barn. <laughs> that's oh, right. Oh, God. <laughs> Although, in case Katie ever listens to this, I should say that she does try to make a good effort to, you know, we have this term that we use, and, and it's probably inappropriate, but it's called horse poor. You know, and, and we're always really worried that, you know, we have friends that, you know, don't have all the means, but of course they've got four horses in a nice barn, but they can't keep their car on the road or, or pay their bills. And so we always hope or at least try to plan in a way that that won't be us, no matter how many horses we have, that we can always at least have the means to take care of them.
0: Okay, and that'll happen till about a year after marriage, and then she won't care about being horse poor anymore, just saying.
2: Well that goes down to
3: like number seven that I have on my list okay, which ahead. is you're convinced that equine massage, chiropractic work, magnetic therapy works, but you can't afford to have any of that done on yourself. Oh. <laughs> That's when you know your horse husband.
0: That's a good good list. <laughs> and on that note, we're going to take another break here, and we're going to actually talk to Joseph a little bit about equity manufacturing at equitymfg.com. Joseph, one of the products you have I'm going to be needing here very shortly, and that's for fencing.
1: Yeah, the equity manufacturing, it's interesting that we're talking about uh, being a horse husband, but... Um, equity manufacturing was a natural progression of being a, a professional inventor and around our ranch, I'd see all the things that needed to be done, but I couldn't find the products, the horse products that were out there to make the job easier. And one of the... You mean baling
0: twine and uh, duct tape didn't work? That's when oh, they did Yeah,
1: work. or, or you'd go down an example would be like metal pipe fencing. Um, we, we have a lot of metal pipe fencing here, pipe panel fencing and it's strong and it's visible but you can't keep the horses from playing across it without a hot wire. They, they're either underneath it or rubbing their manes out or over the top playing. And so I went down to the local grange, and I wanted to buy a, a hot wire mount for pipe panel fencing, and there's nothing available. And I don't know if, if, if you guys are familiar with it, but I literally had to take and try to get a metal screw through an a, a, a insulator for T-posts. To try to get it to mount onto the face of pipe panel fencing, and that 's when I thought you know we 'll just turn around and, and invent it and and that 's what we did we We actually built a clamp that goes around different size um, pipe and it lets you mount that insulated standoff so that a hot wire can be mounted in front of it without it shorting out
0: and, and it, so can that's that, one the other can that be removed then it 's uh...
1: Yeah, you can remove it because it, it has different size screws, so it clamps over different diameters of pipe. You can move it up or down. And in fact, up in Alaska, these are put around the, uh, the dumps, the landfills up there, so that they can keep the bears out. So they'll have these pipes that they can raise and lower the clamps to keep the, um, the hot wire out of the snow, and that way the, the bears don't get in there. But it's a funny story with, with, uh, with inventing. Because here we would invented this new deal and my wife was just getting into like the Lions and Pirellis, you know, years ago and Diane really wanted to go see them. So that I thought if I rented a booth and sold the products, which we do, then I could write the whole trip off. Well that worked exactly twice because by the third expo the misery of standing in a booth was no longer offset by the, the clinician time and it became work which kind of reminds me of owning a ranch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you can find all of uh, Joseph's products. He also, guys, has uh, one of the products that is the horse husband's dream. You know what yeah, I'm talking about. Yep,
1: yep. That's the, that's the powered shaking fork, which is a, uh, a manure fork that you can take into a stall and you don't actually have to physically agitate it. You just push the, the button, squeeze the trigger, and the battery-operated motor in it will do the shaking for you. And uh, save you time and save you money and get you more time riding your horse. Now, I
3: have to admit, that was new to me, and I saw that when Glenn sent the email out, and I had never seen it before, and I actually went online to investigate. And I'm pretty darn impressed by the YouTube video. That that was you in the YouTube video, correct, yeah,
1: Joseph? Yeah, 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 that, that would a be pretty me. pretty
0: awesome product. Thank you, yeah. that's well, will one, you can play with it. That's horse husband's dream, right there. (laughs) Well, actually, guys, I I
3: don't know whether I ought to brag about this, but I don't do stalls.
0: (laughs) <laughs> oh jeez, you're off the call. All <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, get him out of here. <laughs> yeah. Who invited you to this party?
1: <laughs> How would you get your wife to to do all yeah. the calls for
0: you? Wow, well, you're <laughs>
3: actually, interestingly enough, uh, we she's always had enough students uh, around, and uh, yeah. you know, obviously, if you've got a, a bunch of students running around that are looking for ways to reduce cost on lessons or or other things, you could always find boring chores for them to do. So. Yeah. Uh, Typically, that's one of the things that we're able to do. It kind of keeps me out of doing some of that. I'm not saying I never do it, but I don't do it very often.
0: Huh. Okay. Well, you, you can stay, I guess. I consider myself lucky. Though. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's equitymfg.com. Thank you, Joseph. Thank you. So, so yeah. what's uh, what's next on your list there, Rick?
3: Well, actually, before we get off stall cleaning, i got to tell you a funny story. Yep. Uh, Michelle and I had our 10th anniversary about eight years ago, and... Uh, I decided to do something special, so I went out and I bought her a nice diamond tennis bracelet, and uh, I couldn't quite figure out how to get it to her and surprise her. I think she knew I was up to something, and it happened to be a weekend that we were getting everybody ready to go to a show, and Michelle always needed to clean the barn out before we went to the show, and uh, so I got the girls together, and I said, hey, I've got Michelle's anniversary present." I'm going to put it in Michelle's horse's stall. Y'all do not clean the stall. Make, you know, just, just whatever you need to do, don't clean the stall. It's going to drive her absolutely crazy. She's going to get mad. She's going to holler at somebody, and she's eventually going to go in there and clean it herself. Well, sure enough, she did. And actually what I did is we, have, uh, we usually bank the, uh, the shavings in the stalls, so it was banked up against the side. So I hid the tennis bracelet in the box in the stall, in the bank shaving. Oh, none of this sounds
0: there. like a good idea, Rick. <laughs> well, it's, it's diamonds. I mean, four horse steps on it. be okay.
4: So anyway,
3: so anyway, everybody in the barn knew what was going on, and Michelle's in there, you know, mad as a steaming kettle, trying to get all the, you know, trying to get the girls together and horses straight to go to the show, and she's in there having to do her stall, and she hits in the box, and I hear this halfway across the barn. What the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> and she comes out with a smile on her face from ear to ear when she saw what it was. So that's my cleaning stall story. So uh, only, that, a, that Cajun, a, only a Cajun, only a Cajun
0: would put a diamond bracelet he just bought for his wife in the <laughs> stall in in the bedding.
1: And I I can just think of so many ways that could have gone so wrong.
0: (laughs) I wasn't going very far. (laughs) I wasn't going to let anything happen to it. Roger, I don't advise that that one. (laughs) Well, that would have been a great
4: idea. In fact, when I proposed to Katie, I was, of course, trying to come up with some, you know, real fancy way of involving the the horses or our animals. Of course, we have two dogs and two cats as well. And I'm just thinking, boy, that, that would have worked out great. But I ended up tying it around my dog's neck and... She was laying in bed, and, of course, I had the dog jump up on the bed, and it took her about five minutes before she realized what was going on. But, you know, it might have been better if I hid it in the shavings in the barn.
0: It might have been a better surprise.
3: They will notice things out of place in the barn. They will not notice things out of place at home. Yeah, that exactly. is true.
0: That is true. That is true. I, I wanna, Before you go on with your list, I wanted to ask, sure. Joseph, getting back to what you talked about earlier, you really dived into the horse thing, you ended, actually went over and took lessons in Europe and everything. There's always this argument uh, with horsewomen about whether, you, or not argument, but discussion about whether you should marry a horse guy or not, because part of the argument is, if you marry a horse guy, you have a lot in common, but also, then they're taking half the money that's allotted to the horse hobby, and, you know, it's going to them. So how did she feel when you got into horses? Was this an invasion of her territory?
1: No. My my wife is an extremely generous spirit. Um, I mean, me, I have room for one wife and one horse and one dog in my heart, but it's it's kind of a surprise to find out that a horsewoman's heart isn't segmented like that, at least mine isn't, and acquiring more animals— didn't diminish her love for me, but denying her the opportunity to have more animals, well, that's kind yeah. of a discussion, <laughs> yeah. So when, when, when we got into this thing, I had bought her a, a stallion, an Andalusian stallion, and, and she actually gave that that back to me. So she's been a, an integral part of, of my horsemanship right from the very start. But I have to say, after I'd gone over to Portugal a couple of times and had really gotten immersed in this classical way of riding, I was fortunate to have my wife Diane come over there and, and ride as well. And it was somewhat ironic because here I'm on these horses doing Tempe changes and canter pirouettes, and my, my wife, who's actually a really good rider, far better than I, the horse would just sit there because she's speaking Western and I'm speaking, you know, Andalusian. And so, yeah, that, that wasn't the greatest thing. But um, no, there's our, we're so different in the way that we ride. That, that I have admiration for her and she admires what I do and, and there's really um not what, an issue. What kind of riding that. does
0: she do, by the way?
1: She 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 prefers western riding.
0: Yeah. Does yeah. she yeah. does she show?
1: No, she doesn't do showing. I think we're kinda of past that. Her her favorite thing is horse camping, where she'll go out with her yeah. girlfriends and and they'll go out for a week, and and I'll hear from them, and and that's really her favorite part of, of riding.
0: Now. And And we all know what they're doing when they're horse camping. They're having this conversation in reserve, re- reverse every night around the campfire. <laughs> they are doing.
1: so having this that's conversation. Right, exactly.
0: They have their list. The well,
1: you notice, yeah, you notice. I say she goes horse camping, right? I'm the one that stays home to take, take care, care of the, of the horses. horses somebody's got to so do that that's part Good
0: man. Of <laughs> you know i didn't i got into it. i made a mistake early on and i make this mistake and roger don't make this mistake because you're gonna pay for it um and and you guys are gonna laugh when i say it because we've all done this every horse husband gets in there and you get the new place and we had a we got a big farm it was 25 horses and you know 40 acres and seven garages and a little indoor and you know, I I was this guy who was making a lot of money. I was I was uh, selling investments at the time. I was, you know, six-figure income and everything, and I knew it all. And I liked to tell her how to run her barn in the very beginning when we first got the place. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. we all do that. And when you think back, I, Rick and, and Joseph, you probably did it too. There were things you said that you, you knew that it was a better way to do it, even though your wife had been doing it for 25 years. And I regret some of those things to this day, and I have to apologize to my wife. I was wrong on a lot of those things that I said would be a better way to do things. I'm not
3: apologizing. (laughs) I am. (laughs) I'm trying to stay married. (laughs) (laughs) I lost the argument, but I was right.
0: That is one thing I would change if I went back, is I wouldn't be so know-it-all about the barn, because I really didn't know it all. I really didn't.
1: Yeah, and I'm fortunate, because since I, I knew my wife for so long, I, I already knew that I didn't know it all. And, <laughs> and, and being an inventor, you know, you have to kind of come from that, that side anyways, where you're mm-hmm. always trying to think of something better. But the horse community is it's a very traditional community. And when you're like me, inventing new products, you run into that a lot, is that trying to change something just because you think you have a better idea isn't necessarily a way to make a, a living or, or sell something.
0: Especially when you're the husband. So, Roger, <laughs> you can you can demand anything you want in the house, and she will give in
4: because she doesn't really
0: care. But Well,
4: like. you know, it, it, you guys make a good point because uh, when I met Katie, I was just starting my graduate program, and I uh, did my graduate program in fluid dynamics, but my undergraduate was in mechanical engineering, and... We have a pretty good balance where uh, when I think we should make changes, it's usually with structural things to the barn. But, you know, making a good point just a few minutes ago about, you know, I always want to come up with better ways to do things, easier ways to feed, you know, maybe bringing water to each stall instead of having to fill the buckets. But there is there's a condition that goes along with it in a way that she's been doing things since she was a little girl. And whether it's easy or not really has nothing to do with it. And uh, <laughs> so I did quickly learn early on that whatever my thoughts are on it being easier or better may be right, but it's not the way it's going to be. <laughs>
1: Hey, imagine bringing an auto-sifting manure fork into the mix.
4: <laughs> so, yeah, right. I mean, oh God. But
1: my wife, Great. she is a fan now, so, you know, eventually you're, oh, you realize you that, that the time spent astride is the most, most important time. <laughs> <laughs> Roger, I'm really, I'm dying to ask another question that the counselor asked me, and that was whether you and your fiancé have talked about raising a family.
4: Yeah, in fact, we have um, I think we've been pretty lucky. We were both single for quite a while before we met, and we were both going into our 30s and both, you know, had oh, our wait, undergraduate. Wait, wait, wait,
1: you're, you're thinking, see, you're not a horse husband yet, because you're talking about a human family. I'm <laughs> talking about raising foals. I mean, did oh. you know that in a horsewoman's <laughs> mind, having a stallion is cheaper than an artificial insemination? That, oh, yeah. be, well, because a stallion, it's not like a one time use deal. It can be used over and over and it's free. <laughs> and, and the question is are you comfortable with words like, oh, sheath washing? Oh, that's because my when your wife is talking to her girlfriend, especially in the back of the car, like Rick was talking about, you're going to hear things like motility and sperm count, and she's not talking about your manhood but rather the latest in horse breeding techniques. And once you kind of go there, it's all downhill. Because (laughs) the night spent alone while she's in the barn for a week waiting for the blessed event or oh, but- her requesting for you to pick up the fresh placenta and put it in a oh, bag. I had to do for the-
0: that for the first time once. You're so right, and that yeah. was gross.
1: And, yeah, having <laughs> having children, it's going to be easy. So I, I just think, you know, the counselor, they never asked me the correct question.
0: <laughs> or even just as simple as
3: pass me that bottle of Excalibur. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'll tell you, uh, the the placenta thing, you're right. We did end up, God, Joseph, you're right. We did end (laughs) up having babies because I think that everybody has to have babies. And I got to admit, it was one of my ponies that we had babies with. So it was partly my fault. And I got to admit, though, some of my most fond memories uh, were of having the babies and having the foals around. I loved having the foals around. That's where I became a softie, was with the foals. Yeah. And, you
4: know, uh, on my end, Uh, In regards to a non-human family, in fact, uh, you know, you mentioned the uh, sheath cleaning, and that's something I learned early on. In fact, I tell this story, and uh, I was with Katie and my family, my mother and father and extended family, and she was telling this story to a a young niece in our family, and she was saying right before she had her youngest horse gelded, you know she had me come over to feel the testicles cuz she was going on about how big they are oh my goodness and, <laughs> and of course i go over there real you know uh, hesitantly and of course i did it cuz i wanted to make a good impression this was still early on in the relationship but uh you know i've heard a lot of these terms and she's cleaning she's had me right up in there and uh checking things out and making sure i can handle those things so
0: When your uh, wife approaches
1: you with a a bucket of warm soapy water, you can smile. (laughs) Exactly.
0: I have to confess, after all these years, 25 years, I have never cleaned the sheath, nor will I. That's her territory. I'm not Uh doing it. Rick, I don't think you've ever done it either, have you? Not going there. Not
4: going there. Well,
1: I'm
4: open minded. I'll try anything once.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Good Uh for you, Roger. I want to hear Rick's next uh, next thing.
3: All right. You know you're a horse husband when you realize horses are expected to give greeting cards and gifts during holidays or special occasions. That's true.
0: That's But that's true of dog people and cat people, I think, too. Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much so, too. Yeah.
4: Yep. All right. Same thing here. We get most of our cards all come from the dogs, the cats, and the two horses.
0: That's true. Yep.
3: <laughs> you know you're a horse husband when you've watched the movies National Velvet. Ugh. Silver Stallion, Black Stallion, Horse Whisperer, Biscuit, Blue Fire Lady, Black Beauty and Secretariat, or
0: any one of those more than once.
1: Or Warhorse for that matter.
3: <laughs> ah, yes. You yeah. needed
1: to add that to the list. You're yeah, you yeah,
0: right. can add that one now. And I had high hopes for War Horse and was sorely disappointed, actually.
1: So was I. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. There's another discussion.
0: I know. <laughs> Do we all agree on War Horse?
1: I haven't yep. seen it yet.
0: Oh, okay. you're not going to like it.
1: Yeah, you could miss it. <laughs> yeah. But I, I do know it must be a women thing because I know women that have gone to see it three times.
0: So, I know, and they yeah, cry yeah. every time. And I was going, yeah. this is a horrible war movie. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and, I'm, and I'm thinking, man, horses are way too smart to run through barbed wire for that long of a period of time.
0: That's right. Exactly. That's right. And if I had heard one more fake Winnie in that movie, I was going to puke. Alright, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's yeah. a good one, Rick. We actually had that discussion today on the Horses in the Morning show about uh, horse movies, and I honestly can say I saw Seabiscuit, which I really liked, by the way. Yeah. Seabiscuit was a good yeah. Movie. that was a good movie. yeah secretary it was a pretty good movie too but when you start getting into black beauty and all of those it's like oh man
4: yeah uh, a little too sappy yeah I
0: the tissue and i'll make the popcorn <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: all
0: right continue on there rick
4: all
3: right you know your horse husband when you have to carry around pictures of your wife competing so you can explain the sport to your co-workers
0: <laughs> it's true
4: that's yeah, true yep
0: yep uh, In fact, one of the
4: early things I learned is which, uh, when I first met Katie, of course, I was pretty gung-ho and wanted to learn more about the horses. So I tried to do a lot of research, watch YouTube videos trying to learn about eventing. And, of course, early on I would call it horse racing. And I used to get berated for that by not only her but all of her friends as well, you know, because I sounded like a moron. And uh, and so, indeed, you know, and I'm trying to explain the sport to other people, either whether it's my family or, uh, or coworkers, <clears throat> you know, I usually have to either... <laughs> show pictures, or I usually have to give them her website so they can check it out themselves.
1: Now, Glenn, I wonder, uh, in, in your house, who has the bigger horse library, you or Jennifer?
0: Oh, Jennifer, by far. I, I, yeah. I, I probably read five horse books in my entire life.
1: Uh, that, was, that was one of the things that, that I, I took to reading horse books, and, and I, I have a much bigger library than... That. How about you, Rick? Do you have a library?
3: Uh, nothing that contains horses. Oh. <laughs> although I have bought several, several many books for Michelle, so she's got a pretty good sized library. I keep her well stocked. She likes to read.
0: I yeah, always yeah. figured I learned enough from her. She read all the books she told me, and that's good enough for me. I don't yeah. have to read them. Yeah, that's, I'm covered. That I've
4: way. got a couple uh, horse breeding books because she's recently uh, her newest horses, is uh, one is a is a Hanoverian that was bred by a, a friend of ours. And since she got that horse, I've been trying to learn a lot more about breeding and how the process is done, you know, artificial insemination and the bloodlines. and So I've tried to get a few books that are out of her collection just to get a better understanding, but she certainly has a, a much larger collection than I do.
0: Well, guys, we're going to take another break here, and we're going to be back. And I have a question for you. We're going to turn it around and kind of make it positive to end the show today. So I have a question I want to ask each of you when we come back from this break. We'll be right back on the fourth annual Horse Husbands episode. Hi, Glenn here from the Horse Radio Network, and I'm here with Debbie from Equestrian Collections. We're doing something a little different this week because I just learned about something, and I've been doing Equestrian Collection commercials for three years, and that is, I love your reviews, but you actually have kind of a cool review program.
2: Yes, we do. We have a review contest. Um, If you write a review on our website, we, each month, pick a reviewer of the month. That reviewer gets a gift certificate from Equestrian Collections to be used on our site for any product that you like, and at the end of each year, we pick a reviewer of the year, and that reviewer gets a $1,000 gift certificate. Wow. And so what we'd like you to do is you don't even have to have bought it from us. Uh, We would like you to, but you can go on to any of our products, click on Write a Review, and put down your experience with that product. And um, we will put you in the kitty for uh, for a um, gift certificate.
0: Now, they would prefer you actually own the product. That would be a good thing um, <laughs> to do the <Yeah>. you.
2: <laughs> yeah, it has to be something you're familiar with. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's terrific. So so each month there's a $75 winner, and then at the end of the year, a $1,000 gift certificate. How do you pick out of all those people that write reviews?
2: look at... Um, how, how it's written, it, it has nothing to do with whether it's a positive or a negative review. But we look at, um, try and look at well, the review that most helps people understand about the product.
0: That makes be it, sense.
2: Be a good or bad. We want um, people to be able to look at our website, go to the reviews, and get good, honest feedback about these products. And so we try and pick the, the reviews that most help other people.
0: And to do that, you go to equestriancollections.com. That's equestriancollections.com to review some products and be entered in this terrific giveaway. Well, we're back on the fourth annual Horse Husbands episode. I have a couple of people here with me. We have Rick Bergeron of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Our Cajun friend, by the way, who makes the best Cajun food ever. We have Joseph Berto, uh, president of Equity Manufacturing, and I don't know if he cooks at all. Do you cook, Joseph?
1: Um, well, I used to cook and uh, cook until we find that I couldn't cook and also drive the tractor doing haying.
0: So that, no, okay,
1: after okay. that, my wife had to take
0: over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I like uh, it. Not
1: driving the tractor, but cooking.
0: And we have a future horse husband. When are you getting married, by the way, Roger?
1: Well, that's
4: a good question, but uh, we're thinking in probably sometime before fall, so in the next few months. But we haven't got an actual date nailed down yet.
0: After this show, it'll be next fall, a year from now.
4: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we'll be having the same conversation next year.
0: Exactly. All of a sudden, the, the wedding's going to be put off, and, and Katie's going to be going, what happened? So <laughs> let's, uh, let me ask you guys a question, and we'll start with we'll start with Joseph. What is the best thing about being married to a horsewoman?
1: Well, Glenn, there's, there's really nothing to prepare you for life with a horsewoman. Hopefully, the very qualities that you find so attractive are the ones that she displays in the care of her horses. And once you're together, you'll see the enormous commitment that it takes to be a horsewoman. And if you doubt it, just wait until she needs to leave for a week. The things that she does so routinely, you'll find overwhelming. The feeding, supplements... Blankets, turnout, manure cleaning, stall preparation, water, twice a day, every day. And when she returns, that's when you'll have found the respect and admiration that you so see in her and that, that draws you to her. And you'll want to help. And that will begin your journey as a horse
0: husband. Uh, very well said. Enric? That was, I that was very well articulated. <laughs> <underrated. laughs> yeah, I think we all <laughs> agree There's no that's it. A... I can chop that. <laughs> That's impossible. That was actually articulate and everything. Yeah, that was
4: wonderful. I'm very impressed.
0: I need a couple more drinks before I follow that one. Let me go get a beer.
4: I need a hip
3: boots, too. <laughs> Sorry.
0: You know, it's no, over- took
3: jo- Go ahead. Joseph man. is correct with all of that, but also, one of the other things that is really rewarding is seeing that passion that they have for care of the horses and care of people that gets passed on to students and others. Not just you, yeah. but for them to be able to spark that horsey spark that little girls get that are going to carry for the rest of their lives. I can't tell you the number of ladies who, as young girls, rode and as they grew up, they got interested in boys and got out of riding and got into school and marriage and families. And and at the time where their families matured and their children got out of the house, they went back to the where they loved, back to riding. And it all had to do with that first lesson, that first
0: instructor. And that's what I like to see. And then, I couldn't uh, agree more. And yeah. Roger, what what have you... What have you... What, what, what's what's your favorite thing?
4: Well, you know, you guys have obviously touched on all the big ones, but it, again, it's that drive and commitment, I think, that I picked up on very early, which I think attracted <laughs> me to Katie more than anything. Especially, I think, uh, not so much her competitiveness, but her devotion to what's involved in the process of competing and taking care of horses. Uh, she, you know, <clears throat> like all of us, I think my better half is far more capable than I am in this world <laughs> in, in many ways, and... uh You know, a lot of what I admire about her are things that, you know, I'd like to see in myself. And so I think through this process, I've also learned that she does such a good job with the horses and with other people within the horse community that it makes me want to help out and essentially to be a better man in that regard. And so besides just the horses themselves, you know, it's just actually, I think it's a great way to to live life, the philosophy around horses and taking care of them. And I learned that from her.
0: That's very well said, too. You know, I think one of my favorite things is, and you've all experienced this, when you see your, your wife or your girlfriend either come off uh, either come off the showgrounds or they just were out training and they had they had one of those uh, light bulb moments with their horses and they're coming out and they have that smile on their face and they're hunched over their horse's neck and they're patting them. You know, we've all seen that. Uh, I, I cherish those moments with... with With my wife and with other horse girls, I cherish seeing those moments because they are never as happy as they are at that particular moment in time. When they've accomplished something with their horse and they're so proud and they're so happy, and it's that it goes back to what Joseph said about the passion, that passion then that they have at that moment at that time does transfer to other parts of their life, and I think that's why we all... We all end up uh, married to horsewomen for fifty years between us here, and Roger just starting out. And and I'll throw in that they all have nice butts. I'm adding that. <laughs> That's
3: right. Absolutely. Well, I was about to say the pants, the
0: breeches yes. <laughs> don't hurt. <him>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we can't forget that we are guys. And, and one of the things that horsewomen have to learn is that we are simple creatures. They try and they try and credit to us the passions and desires that they have, when in fact we like to eat. And we like sex. That's it. We're pretty much, we're like their stallions. We we are not any more complicated than that. We are guys. I don't care what kind of educations we have. We all come down to two root things. We like to eat and we like to have sex. That's it. We're not any more complicated than that.
3: Just keep the oscillator away.
0: That's right. That's right. Just don't kill us. Um, So, so, Rick, you you had two more before we, we leave today.
3: Well, actually, uh, I'm going to go ahead and narrow it down to one more. Um, and I wanted to do this last year, but didn't get it in. You know, you're a horse husband. When you get in the car to go somewhere, the wife turns on the radio, and there's always some geek on there saying, This is the Horse Radio Network. <laughs>
0: Okay, we're going to end on that. Thank you, guys. And thank God she does, too.
4: Absolutely. great.
0: This is how I found to make my way in this horse world without getting in too much trouble because it kept me out of the barn telling my wife what to do. See? Uh, This is... (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much, uh, Rick Bergeron, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. It is Right Lead Equestrian Center at rightlead.com. Joseph Berto from Equity Manufacturing at equitymfg.com. And Roger Deemers, and it was Katie Murphy of Murphy Eventing, and it's murphyeventing.com, right? That's correct. Yeah. And we'll put links to all of those uh, websites on our, our site as well at stablescoop.com. This has been a great episode. I think it's the best one yet uh, for the horse husbands episode. We'll be back again next year. Now, I do have to mention that next week, uh, Helena is kicking me out, and the horse husband episode is always followed up by the horse wives episode, oh, where, four, where four, so four uh, horse women get together and. C- complain about us. Now, I will say to, to uh, we can be a little bit relieved, because what's happened every other year is they talk about their horse husbands for about five minutes, and then the talk turns to horses, and for the next 55 minutes, they talk about their horses. So we're pretty much off the hook on that show. Uh, well, that's one. like every other conversation. So. Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly right. So thank you guys so much for being here. We appreciate it. Don't forget there are eight other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Colleen and I will be back together in two weeks and uh, doing the show. We'll be living, by that time, Jennifer and I will be living in Ocala, Florida, underneath the big live oaks with all the Spanish moss. And I'll be putting up fencing. Boy, nothing changes in 25
4: years. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Glenn, and thank you,
1: guys. That was great.
0: Good luck, Roger and Katie.
1: Yes, good luck,
4: Thanks guys. Very
0: much. Wish you the best. Hey, Roger, are you still getting married, by the way? Just checking
1: absolutely
4: even more
0: so now i'm still looking oh, forward to it geez. we failed guys we failed it's over it's done for